This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break, and at the worst possible time. Call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on washing and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Whoa! I mean... Whoa! Okay, take three. Whoa! Very toss. Welcome back, best and brightest, my broadcast partners, my friends, my radio family. I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network and Super Week, which happens to include Super Tuesday, has not disappointed, has it? And it's because of the existence of Donald Trump. This will keep going up. This is a helium, this is a political helium balloon that can only go one way. The laws of political and physical physics dictate that a helium and I think also nitrogen and dynamite filled balloon named Trump, can only go one way up until something happens, which is boom. That could be a good boom, could be a bad boom, could be a sideways boom. We are the Blaze Radio Network. Our number is and shall remain all day and night because we will be here all day and night because, yes, this is the second in the major events. And you know what? This is a bigger night than Super Tuesday was. Now, it's not a bigger night than Super Tuesday might have been. Okay? Super Tuesday might have been more, well, significant. After all, though 90% of Americans conflate the word significant with substantial in which place it ought to be used almost all the time. Significant is the word. Signifies something. Tuesday night ought to have signified... No, sorry, strike that. Tuesday night could have signified, not ought, could 
have signified something, shall we say, huge? Yes, huge. And what it did was validate something huge. It validated something huge. Do you do you agree? Do you disagree? Super Tuesday did not change what we were thinking. That is to say, the rails on which these trains are running, those switches did not get thrown on Tuesday night. They merely had people solder them in place. I think. What do you think? That's what I'm here. That's what I'm here to know. That's why I got up this morning. What do you think? One, triple eight, nine hundred, three three nine three. Now I missed a day. I was uh, sick. I was actually quite sick the night of the broadcast on Tuesday. I hope it didn't show. I apologize if it did. Uh, and I was just uh, had to be off duty yesterday. Do you know what? Oddly enough, as 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 awful as I felt about that, given the day it was, I realize sitting down with you right now that there's an odd kind of symmetry to it. I'm not sure I would have been as ready to tell you what Tuesday means, you know, eight hours later. Because for me, it was eight hours later. I think I went to sleep at three or four as I say, given the evening and the illness, I, I'm sure I didn't close my eyes till three or four. And I so I generally start consciously at five every morning making notes. I don't know. You know, I don't know if on two hours sleep and sick, I would have been much use to you yesterday. But the passage of time actually helps things. It actually I almost feel like it's the morning after Super Tuesday because it took so much time to compile the impressions of what Tuesday meant, the analysis of what Super Tuesday meant. We had the numbers earlier, I think, than a lot of people expected. But the analysis takes more than a couple hours, and that's what we've had. So I'm a little trapped today as as we greet each other, and that is I'm very eager to share with you some of the notes and my analysis, analyses of Super Tuesday, now in the rearview mirror by almost 48 hours, but I do not wish to bury the helium balloon up, 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 up. That is the campaign, that is the Civic Circus Maximus today. It has gone up, up. Up. This is like what Rubio was saying about Trump during the weekend. He's like ancient campaign history. What about Mitt Romney? Groundhog Day. What about Mitt Romney coming out today and whether or not he cast any political shadow? And if so, what did the shadow say? And I need to say at the outset, I love Mitt Romney. I don't and have never agreed with him totally, politically, philosophically. I have always been more conservative than Governor Romney. But I have never known anyone 
other than Pat Buchanan. I've never known anyone who ran for president or was president as well as Mitt Romney. I've spent time with him, a lot of time. I, I have, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hope, you know, I, I was, and it's up to you. I'm, this is why I'm telling you this. It's not to boast. It's so you can decide how much to trust me on this when it comes to Romney. Because if you were with me then, uh, via your listening in New England, Boston and New England, I was a hopeless Romney stooge. Now, I hope I was never a stooge, but I am, you know, I'm saying that to be self-deprecating. And that's easy. I have so much about which to be self-deprecating. I, no, I was a total, I was, I fell hard for Mitt Romney 25 years ago. And I have been loyal to him, and he has to me. You know, I, and that's another thing. And it's another different story. If anyone wants to know, you know, ask. But Mitt Romney was loyal to me on a couple of occasions publicly when the chips were down and he didn't need to be. And there were a hundred of different things he could have said to walk away from it without looking like he was disowning me. He could have said a hundred diplomatic things, but instead he stood up affirmatively in public on the record in all the media for me. Not in a weaselly way, not in an ambiguous way. I mean, he stood up. And when that happens, you never, you never forget someone for that. And you oughtn't ever forget anyone for that. But that doesn't mean you need to believe me or listen to me when it comes to Mitt Romney. Ironically, I'm telling you this as a matter of disclosure on both ends. So that you can wonder, wow, you know, I know Jay was very much a Romney guy, believed he'd be a great president. He campaigned for him. Yes, I did. I mean, I was out on the campaign trail introducing Mitt Romney at public events. I was I was one of those guys up on the stage. I, you know, yes, yes, I was. I, I'm, I'm not sorry about it at all. And... and I also knew him. I've spent time with him in private. I've spent time with him. I've spent time with his family. I've, I've, you should know all these things. Well, that's it. I mean, that's all I have to say. You, you should know that at least. And, and that I've known him for 20 years. And that we have something of a relationship. You should know that. But. Whether this gives me license to say this, whether this gives me more license or less license, maybe whether this makes me a swine for not standing up for him because he stood up for me, the, 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 the difference is I can't not tell you what I honestly think or I lose my license. The only license that matters, the license between us, the license you grant me, and that I hope I've earned, a license of credibility. So in a moment, I'll tell you what I think about, despite my history with Mitt Romney, despite what I think of him, 
and everything else, I will tell you honestly with my heart and soul what I think about what he did this morning in calling a national press conference to attack Trump. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. The Jay Severin Show. The Blaze After Dark team, Skip, Doc, Ty, you, me, uh, the professor and Mary Ann, all on Blaze Radio Isle tonight, immediately upon the conclusion of the debate. This is the second in uh, two After Dark specials tonight, and this is a Tuesday night had the potential to be, uh, I mean, look, it is, uh, Ipso facto, the biggest political night of the year because it's the busiest political day of the year. And again, potentially, it it just could have been blowout spectacular. And it was wicked fascinating, but it it validated what we already knew, I think for most of us, more than it did make us say, oh, wow, things are things are different now. But I don't mean to say when I say it validated that it didn't validate on a wow scale. And I'll get to that, but let me say in case I forget it, because it relates to this and it relates to everything we're talking about, does it not? Trump won everything. Now, to give you an example, I live in Massachusetts. I'm a New Yorker because... New Yorkers are forever New Yorkers. And I, for good or ill, I'm a New Yorker. But I live in Massachusetts. I'm speaking to you from Massachusetts. I don't have any greater insight into Massachusetts, frankly, than than anybody. I mean, uh, you uh, turn on the radio or TV, your computer, you, you'll know as much as I know, pretty much. But... You know, so I'm not claiming any special expertise about Massachusetts. I really haven't any. My expertise is in national politics. I just happen to be in Massachusetts. But having not grown up here, I'll never have the feel for it. 
you know, that I might have for some other places. All that said, Massachusetts, is, you, you, you have to understand the ways. No, you don't. Sorry, I withdraw and rephrase. It, I think it would behoove you to appreciate some of the ways in which Massachusetts is so liberal. I'm not going to list them for you. And as F4 said, I don't even know a lot of them. But this place is not just politically liberal, just the mindset of this place, not just the laws, but the mindset of this place is as liberal as you can get outside of Eastern Europe. What other state has a hundreds of people in the state legislature and the total number of, of one party or the other? Doesn't matter which. Which state has like, you know, hundreds of people in both houses of the legislature and in, in this case, one major party has like six members. It's and it's not that again, it's the attitudes. This truly is the most liberal place by culture, by mindset I have ever been, even ever visited, let alone lived. OK. I mean, think of the people the the, the Massachusetts has given us well it's given us uh, an uh, oversized number of founding fathers so there's a lot of history to to boast but I'm talking about now America now you know I'm talking about Mike Dukakis and Duval Patrick and I don't want to go into it uh, it's too, too depressing but Massachusetts Donald Trump, on Tuesday night, won the Republican primary, which uh, people talked about for the first time in 100 years, because there are no Republicans here. However, 20,000 Democrats in the last 45 days changed their registration. They had to go, walk in, they had to go, go, drive, go to a place and go wait in line at an administrative place and change their registrations to Republican. Unheard of in this state. 20,000 changed their registrations from Democrat, not to independent, to Republican. Unheard of. In order to vote for Donald Trump. And they did. And they did vote for him. And Donald Trump did win the Republican primary. And you know what? He won everybody. There is a, as I look at the map, there's a small, like a, like a string of spaghetti. There's a string of towns, the most liberal of all liberal places in Massachusetts. The western suburbs, the W towns. No need to shame them by naming them, but they all be, seem to begin with W, and they're west of Boston. They're the Boston western suburbs. In those places... Kasich did very well. Rubio did okay. But I mean, this is a tiny number of places. Trump won every, and you'll remember this statement by now, Trump won every discernible demographic group. Name it. Graduate school, Trump won. Grades, no grade school, Trump won. 
high school, no high school, college, no college, professional, blue collar, white collar, pink collar, chartreuse collar, uh, man, woman, canine, uh, uh, geographically, ideologically, age, location, everything. Trump won everything. He won everybody in winning. Why does it? And Jay, you you mentioned this to us. Why? Because it could have been the biggest result on Tuesday, Super Tuesday evening. And here's why. Trump's, one of Trump's most important claims, if it turns out to be at all true, is this. I can win states. I can put in play and win for the Republicans states in which they would otherwise never hope to be competitive. States like, imagine, if states like Colorado and New Mexico. Imagine if the Republicans could say, oh, we're, we're taking Colorado and New Mexico. Imagine if we could take California. Imagine if we could say with confidence, we will do well in the Rust Belt. Ohio, Minnesota, Illinois, Michigan. Imagine if we knew we could take Michigan. How about New York? How about New York? How about New Jersey and Connecticut? Imagine that. That's why I'm telling you the story about Massachusetts, where Trump cleaned up. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. Is the Jay Severin Show. We are the Blaze Radio Network. You, the best and brightest, and I, Jay Severin, here on the JLE News. one 888 We have a special tonight. We do it only because we hope you will join us. We do it for you and ourselves. Uh, we do it together. It starts the moment the debate finishes tonight. The debate starts at 9, the moment Eastern. The moment it finishes, we say hello. We're going to have a lot to say, and believe me, be, please believe me, and I think you do, believe me when I say, if I had to tell, you know, the young, aspiring, I don't know, lawyer, journalist, politician, whatever she's going to be, my daughter right now, which if I had to if I had to choose one or the other, should I watch the debate tonight or should I listen to the Blaze special? I would say without hesitation nor prejudice, listen to the Blaze special. And I mean it. In terms of the investment of your time, the efficiency of your time, uh, how much you'll learn over how much time you have to invest, you know, and how much BS, how much Bernie Sanders there is in a lot of the, let's face it, the debate is, is, is you know, the best of the debate. Our Blaze broadcast tonight is the best and worst of the debate. 
summarized with analysis that you can't get anywhere else, won't get anywhere else. So believe me, if I, one or the other, listen to us. You'll know more than anybody who watched the debate and then, you know, DVR'd it and watched it all night. You'll still know more. Now, again, the headline today, <clears throat> the headline today is that Mitt Romney gave a speech at 11.30 this morning Eastern Time. It lasted about 20 minutes. And he sounded exactly like Marco Rubio sounded last weekend. Do you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Marco Rubio called him every name that a drunken sailor would pop, you know, would, would probably employ if on a rant. And I don't mean to in any way criticize drunken sailors. They're in the uniform of my country, and at least they got drunk on their own money. I love sailors, but, but stop looking at me that way. Those stories are untrue. Uh, Mitt Romney went up on stage and did a very unmit thing. He was extremely passionate. He was extremely critical. He was extremely partisan. And he tore Donald Trump apart. I don't mean effectively. I just mean it was his intention to stand up on a stage and tear someone apart. This is the, hear me, nobody out there that I know of knows Mitt Romney. I mean, it's in a, you know, position with a microphone or a camera, knows Mitt Romney and has spent the time with him that I have. And I'm not saying we're best friends, you know. I'm just saying I know him as well as, well, I think I know him better than anybody with a microphone or a camera out there right now. And when I tell you, and you already know this, but when I verify for you, this is so uncharacteristic of Mitt Romney. This runs against every fiber of his being unless his being has changed. I can't tell you his soul. And I'm not saying that what he did was horrible. That's not for me to judge. I might tell you that it was stupid. I might well say in today's show that what Mitt did was stupid. It was ill-advised. But I can say to you, using such insight as I may be blessed to have, that was very un-Romneyan this morning. Unless, of course, that's the new Mitt. But you see... What I kept thinking was a single word. Can you guess what that word is? It begins with a T. It follows with a W. It's the hook on which I am hanging, with which I am boxing the phenomena we are witnessing right now in this unprecedented scope of madness of this civic circus maximus 
It is twerking. You see, twerking is either absolute or it's relative. I would argue to you it's relative. For Miley Cyrus to approximate sex, serial sex on stage, on a network broadcast, for her to do that, that's twerking. But it's not an absolute definition or act, it's relative. For Miley Cyrus, that's that's twerking. For Mitt Romney to call a press conference and fly across the country to Utah to stand up on a stage and give the most negative speech, and again, I'm not inherently criticizing, please, you know I'm going to say what I mean, so take nothing more from my words than those words mean. This is the most critical speech Mitt Romney has ever delivered in his life. These are the most critical words about another human being, Mitt Romney, a significant political figure in our lifetimes, in the history of the United States. Mitt Romney, when I die, I will have lived in an era during which Mitt Romney, even though he was unsuccessful being elected president, Mitt Romney will be viewed as a significant political persona. Yes? And we can argue about how significant or, you know, more or less significant. Mitt Romney is an important person. This is the most pointed, the most negative, the sharpest, the most combative, the most negative, the most pugnacious, the most belligerent speech Mitt Romney has ever given in his life by a factor of 50. There will be those who argue, and Guru Jay say, in tomorrow's Boston Globe and elsewhere, there will be the learned who say, if Mitt Romney had this in him, If Mitt Romney had this in him and had displayed it four years ago, Mitt Romney would be President Mitt Romney right now, today. The complaint of every Republican, of everyone who supported him and wanted to support him, was that that he was a lousy candidate. He was like a pacifist especially against Obama. Why? Because Obama's half black? Why? I don't know why. I don't know why. And I think I know Mitt Romney, and I don't know why. What I do know is is that, no, what I believe is that if the Mitt Romney you saw this morning, forget the substance, forget the target. If Mitt Romney had this in him, I didn't know it. And if Mitt Romney displayed what I saw this morning... If he had displayed this four years ago, he would be President Romney today without a shadow of a doubt. Well, you know what? That's not really important now, is it? Because he didn't, and he's not, and the caravan moves on, and the dogs bark, right? So we have to live in the moment. But the most shocking thing was, as I listened to and watched Mitt this morning, I said, 
Whoa! Mitt, where did this come from? I didn't know this was, I didn't know this was in your act. I didn't know you could do this. It's it's like a guy who it was in vaudeville for years, and and uh, and all he did was, you know, all he did was juggle bowling pins, and you know he was like nineteenth on the act, and uh, people said that's great, you know, and he got polite applause, but then like the 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 year after he retired, he he went to his agent's house on a weekend, and 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 said, did you know, hey Saul, did you know I could do this, and all of a sudden he got naked and and smeared his body with day glow paint and juggled lighted you know flaming chainsaws and two small dogs while blindfolded and handcuffed in a tank of water and his agent said i didn't know you could do this why didn't you tell me you could do this and so I feel a bit of that uh, frustration. But the fact is, that's our headline. Mitt Romney did everything Mitt Romney can do, and more than many of us, even who believe we know him, believed him capable of doing in terms of attacking someone. And that says to me, Mitt Romney, this doesn't justify anything. It might explain a lot doesn't justify anything don't get me wrong this says to me Mitt Romney truly believes that Donald Trump is a threat to the United States of America as Mitt Romney believes it to be that's the bottom line on which you must concentrate as I must this means to be moved to this act to be moved to this behavior to say and do the things Mitt Romney did this morning is proof absolute that Mitt Romney believes that Donald Trump is it represents an absolute threat to what he in his soul believes is the United States of America. Who do you believe, Donald Trump or Mitt Romney? This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network, one 888 Don't forget, our Blaze After Dark uh, debate analysis begins immediately upon the conclusion of tonight's debate. It, it will be one of the best, most exciting shows we have ever done for you because it's going to be the best, most exciting circumstances that have occurred since we've been together. Tonight's debate goes beyond important. This is it. This is the final four. This is it. And if anything's going to change, you know, it's going to change tonight. And remember, note bene, note well, what did Rubio do? And we may agree or disagree to some degree on whether he succeeded, 
But what did Rubio try to do? What was his tactical template in the last debate? What did Rubio do? Rubio went out there like a rabid raccoon and went after Trump with every word out of his mouth. That was before. Again, note well, that attack was before he really started attacking Trump. The first day, the first moment that Rubio started attacking Trump was the debate last week. It was after that debate that Rubio really went on the warpath. That's when he started calling Trump a con man, a con artist, a scumbag. A, you know, he's got little hands. You know what that means. I mean, everything, every of the of the most uh, empurpled prose that Rubio has employed to attack Trump happened after the debate last week. That was the start. The elevator has gone only one way. The balloon, the helium balloon on both sides, as a result, has gone only one way. And then Ted joined in the attack. Now, tonight, what do you think Rubio is going to do? A lot of people believe that he might try to back off and be more statesmanlike. I don't think there's a chance in the world that will happen. Now the question about Ted Cruz, will he lose his home state? Will he lose his home state? And you know they had erections. The mainstream media had, they were, it's, it's like they overdosed on Viagra. They were all speed dialing their physicians. They were worried because they were still like that after four hours if they thought Cruz was going to lose Texas. Well, Ted didn't lose Texas. But now the question is, will Rubio lose Florida? And tonight, Tonight's debate is going to have a lot to say about whether Rubio loses Florida and, in effect, may be pressured to drop out of the campaign. Oh, of course, but then he's got that phone call from the RNC saying, you're our boy. Stay in. Project 1236. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Not to make too big a deal out of the biggest deal of the day, at least until tonight's debate. And the biggest deal of the day is that Mitt Romney took the stage to attack Trump and what Mitt Romney said in attacking Trump. I think I'm going to say for the first time in doing this show, that I'm ashamed of some, some, a few. So far, to be fair, maybe a tiny, 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 teensy, weensy, teensy, weensy, tiny part of our brotherhood here. Some of the comments I'm receiving on Twitter are of a school that says, I'm worshiping Mitt Romney. That I'm, that I'm endorsing Mitt Romney, that I'm 
And, you know, for $100,000, which I don't have, but I'll go on the street to get it based on what odds I can get. For $100,000, provide me the worshipfulness in any phrase that I have used to characterize what happened today when Mitt Romney spoke. What I did was disclose my relationship with Mitt Romney, at least my former relationship with him. It's funny that all of the people who are angry, well, all, the seven people who are angry with me and think that I'm worshiping Mitt Romney have yet to engage on the matter of whether what Mitt Romney said was true or false. And notwithstanding a lot of the idiotic criticism that I'm seeing on Twitter, let me give you a reason to criticize me further. Everything else aside, the wisdom, the judgment, the timing, the motive, every other thing possibly connected what, with what and why Mitt Romney did this morning. And considering singularly the question of the substance of what he said. If someone typed out a speech with no name attached to it and gave it to you and you read what Mitt Romney said this morning, the single question is, is what Mitt Romney or Joe Blow said in that piece of paper I'm looking at about Donald Trump, is it true or is it untrue? That's what you ought to be focusing on dare I presume, to give advice. Veritas. Welcome back, best and brightest, my partners, my family. Uh, tonight is the most important debate that ever was. And I know I'm very self-conscious about the fact that we say that each time. And I'm self-conscious about the uh, pridefully that it's true. Tonight is going to be the most important debate of all time. Since debates, uh, at least that were televised, that, that most Americans watched, have started, tonight will be the most important and full of impact. And we go on the air with a special report with analysis unavailable anywhere else, and we do that the instant the debate concludes. The debate begins tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. Tonight we will be with you, and we very surely hope you shall be with us. Back to the headline story, which is filling so much time. There are so many things I I, I want to share with you before the debate. Uh, 
before they become old news, before people not as smart as we are finally come up with these things. Uh, may I give you an example? On uh, what was it? Monday or Tuesday of this week, Guru Jay propounded, conjured, initiated, originally authored a plan 1236, Project 1236. The fact that the insiders in the Republican Party don't want anyone to drop out despite their statements to the contrary despite the statements to the contrary of virtually everyone involved in politics and on television. I don't know why so many people who understand that what they see on television, when they watch, uh, you know, crime unit, new Orleans, that they, they get that that's not really the way that detectives work. When they watch uh, the uh, code black, if that's the name of it, that I'm sure there are, I'm sure in this audience, people appreciate that's not the way hospitals really work. I mean, they may be close approximations of them, you know, based on script consultants and all of that. You, you watch a legal show and you know, that's not the way the law really works. I had a law professor once who said, you know, you know, medicine is to medicine, the way what they teach in medical schools across the river there, what they teach in the medical school is to medicine, you know, what a duck is to what real medicine is, what happens in an emergency room in a big city on a Saturday night when the gunshot and stab wounds start to roll in. That's medicine. And he said it by way of saying the law is not what you see in a movie. The law is what happens every day, which is a largely ugly and not at all elevated, august, scripted in marble, equal justice under law version of the United States Supreme Court. I am here to tell you with 30 years experience based on whether I ate or not, that politics is not what's on television. Despite the fact that all of these people are telling you, yeah, what we really need, what we really want, that all the Republican establishment comes on, all their surrogates come on, including Mitt Romney, who has now become an official surrogate for the establishment. He was the establishment before. Now he's an official surrogate of the establishment. Oh, what? Does that surprise you? Some of you tweeps that have sent me messages, thoughtless, inconsiderate messages saying, why are you worshiping Romney? Clean the potatoes out of your ears. I'm doing analysis. I'm not defending. I haven't defended anybody. The closest I've come to a defense is a rationalization. And it's just then it's a it's a submission to you of a rationalization, which is if Mitt Romney says something like this, to be moved to make the biggest attack on anyone he's ever made in his life, my guess is that he must believe Trump is guilty of his charges. You follow? In order for Mitt Romney to say Trump is guilty 
of A, B, and C, and guilty of A, B, and C, he's wrong for the country because A, B, and C would be wrong for the country. What I've said is he must believe that. I've never said it's true, although I said a few minutes ago, I believe it is. That doesn't mean that I'm endorsing Mitt Romney. It means that as I recall the things that Mitt Romney said about Donald Trump, I'm trying to recall the things that are actionable, as the lawyers say. In other words, could Mitt Romney, sorry, could Donald Trump sue Mitt Romney for anything Mitt Romney said this morning? And that ought to cause you to be, yes, empurpled if you are one of the six or seven people who have lost your mind temporarily and tweeted me, frankly, insolent messages that say I'm, I'm shilling somehow for Mitt Romney or for anybody else, but for, that I'm shilling for Mitt Romney. I opened the show by telling you that I've been a 20, 25-year supporter of Mitt Romney, but not necessarily today that I have been. I thought that was the honest thing to do, for those of you who don't know to tell you. But all of a sudden now you're reading it, uh, about seven or eight of you are reading it through the lens. And if it's seven or eight of you, why do I bother? It's a fair question. Because if one person doesn't get what we're talking about here, it bothers me. Because it's important to understand. And what we're saying here is, and this is the question that ought to empurple you, it ought to give you a heart attack. It ought to otherwise shut you up but see, I don't want you to shut up. I'm not in the shut up business. It ought to make you call one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. And this is the this is the proposition. This is my response. Tell me what Donald Trump could sue for that Mitt Romney said this morning. Tell me a factual misstatement. Tell me a damaging factual misstatement with malice aforethought. Tell me what Mitt Romney said this morning that is maliciously, demonstrably, knowably untrue that Mitt Romney said this morning about Donald Trump. Tell me if Donald Trump could sue and what for. And then you'll shut me up. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. So much truth to share, so little time. I hope you're with us tonight immediately following the debate. Those of you who have been holding on, thank you so much. Jim from Minnesota, you're first. Thank you. How you doing, Jay? I'm, I'm, you know, tight. And by the way, buongiorno. Buongiorno. <laughs> I used to a station in Sicily when I was in the Navy. 
So learn to like oh, thank th- thank you. So you were a sixth fleet sailor. Oh actually no, I was uh part of uh on the base, NAS Signella. So I was uh working on T two A Greyhounds when they used to for for deploy the cod <laughs> to carry it on board Where was yeah. Where was where was a main port for you? Not row to Spain. No, actually, I was Naples? stationed at the base. No, I was stationed at the base. Stationed at the base. But what was what? But what would be your main port base? You know, you are a sailor, so what would be your fleet base? Would it be Naples okay, well, or, I, or row much, to uh, Spain? Norfolk. Norfolk. But but there, but in Europe. Oh, there. Yeah, the, they didn't really have a port per se in Sicily. They okay. didn't have a port. No, I know that. I know yeah. that. That's why I was asking. I, I mean, I I yeah. wondered what the nearest port of call would be. Oh, the be, nearest port would be, be Naples. Yeah, Naples would be the Naples. nearest port. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. 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 Anyway, go ahead, yeah. please. Yeah. In fact, that's where my wife had her gallbladder taken out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what a coincidence. My wife has oh, yeah. a gallbladder. <laughs> Small world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, I was... Uh, uh, Commenting as far as the comment, uh, I was up in Minnesota. I'm very involved in the political process up here. I was a delegate, uh, you know, last, uh, you know, we elected our governor. And uh, as far as. Uh, and you notice I don't ask judge. for whom. You notice I don't ask for oh, yeah. whom. I just say, good for you. And I mean it. Good yep. for you to be involved. Yep. yep. So I'm a delegate again. So, you know, I, I self nominated myself. And then you say, I didn't get a lot of volunteers. So I was. No problem getting becoming a delegate. All right, now, now I'm going to ask you for whom? Uh, as far as Ted Cruz. Oh well, good. Yeah, but anyway, uh, I think we're going to win. Here as far as uh, what, Jimmy? Think we're going to win? I'm praying so. He says I, I like the act. I heard that uh, you know, as far as that Cruz won in uh, four out of the five states. That actually, your Republicans only to be uh, involved in the race right. or involved in the primary. That's definitely That's one of the things, me. by the way. And again, not to resurrect this. I don't want to. I don't want to flog this gallbladder. But, uh, <laughs> I, but this is one of the things that that Mitt Romney said this morning. That again, we have to be able to absent from our minds everything else when we talk about one sentence or one statement. Of course, they're all connected, you know, cosmically. But in order to discuss mm-hmm. it, we have to be able to dissect it, as you would in a lab, uh, in yep. an autopsy, if you will. And this was essentially mm-hmm. Mitt Romney's autopsy, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. This was oh, rigor yeah. mortis for him politically. Yep. And and mm-hmm. that may surprise the tweeps that say, but wait, I thought you loved him and we're endorsing him. You know, his motives and his the fact that he said what he mm-hmm. said and how and why and yep. which statements are all separate things to me. But in, yep. in, in, this, in this one segment of, of what he said, he said, I think that we ought to, and then he went ahead and and stated Guru Jay's Project 1236, didn't he? He said, uh, for anyone who heard it or wants to reread it or look it up, he said, that means for me that you ought to, and what do I mean by this, he said. What do I mean by this is what I would do is I would vote for Marco Rubio in Florida, in Ohio, I would vote for John Kasich, and I would vote for Ted Cruz in those states where I could 
the object being to deny uh, uh, Trump the opportunity to seize the number of delegates he needs to have the nomination. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, okay, if you're, if you're for Trump, you don't want to hear that. And the reason you don't want to hear it is it's the truth. And it's the most deadly truth. That is to say, it's, the, it's a, not the truth. It's a threat. And it's the most deadly, mm-hmm. plausible threat that anyone can wield. Because that's how Trump, yep. how does Trump lose at this point? Only one way. If you keep those guys, if those guys stay in the race and they keep splitting the vote. Yep. Yeah, I also wanted to share to you about the uh, the caucus. It was just packed. I mean, I've been involved in the caucus for a year, and like this is the first time I've seen it as packed as it was. Really? And oh yeah, it was packed. And then uh, in our particular year, they divide into wards and precincts. And uh, anyway, in the room that I was in, my neighborhood or my area, uh, you know, they uh, we had a, of course a presidential straw poll vote, and. Uh, in my particular room, you know, they were allowing us to, you know, they had prepare statements from the uh, candidates as well as they also right. said if you wanted to speak up for a candidate, you know, you could do that. And for like a half hour, people were doing it, and I chimed in because I'm a retired Navy vet. Good for you. And Good I don't you. like Trump because of the fact that he's a admitted, self-admitted draft dodger and also a bully in my eye. And so I basically well, – You know what? No matter who you that. supported – and people who don't know, I mean, because it's hard to sort out if you don't follow this full time. Marco Rubio mm-hmm. ended up winning the Minnesota caucus. Yeah, he did. Um, he did. And he won it going away. He won with 37, 38 percent of the vote. Yep. And um, Ted Cruz came in second and Donald Trump came yep. in third. Um, but right. the, the, the mere fact that the caucus are built that way right now, the 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 uh, fashionable opinion seems to be, Jim, that let's abolish the caucuses. Let's let's go mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. primary. You know, I think that is a frankly um, distasteful viewpoint. I might even say ignorant. I think every state should be a caucus state. They they should all have them, and every one should be a caucus, exactly because of the process you describe. Real citizens have to go speak their minds and cast their votes. Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. It's the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, best and brightest, the Blaze Radio Network, as we prepare for the debate tonight, the most important debate since televised debates have been. And uh, we will be there at its conclusion to bring you the best wrap-up and analysis there is. You know, it's the final four, as it were, only they pretty much play in the final game almost together. That's tonight. It's going to make a huge difference. Just watch. And watch us. Well, listen to us in the theater of the mind. Uh, Afterward, as for Mitt, with the greatest possible affection and respect, which I've already noted, I feel sorry for Mitt. 
had I been consulted, not that anyone was expecting that, even including me, had anyone consulted me before the fact, I don't share the notion that this is how Mitt Romney serves his legacy. Now, balancing that with the fact that I would have happily delivered that speech. Everything that Mitt Romney said, forget that it's Mitt Romney. Put in another name. Put in Rubio. Put in Rubio. In fact, it's so much more likely if if I gave you a transcript of Romney's speech this morning, yesterday, and I said, okay, here's the transcript. This speech is going to be given tomorrow morning. Who's going to give it? Now, I could leave it blank or I could give you a list of people. If you handed me that list, I, who knows everything there is to know about humility and politics, if you were to ask me, here's the transcript, I'd say, oh, this is stupid stuff. Why are you wasting my time with this? This is what Rubio is going to say tomorrow morning. Or if I'm lucky, if there's a God, this is what Ted Cruz is going to say tomorrow morning before the debate about Donald Trump. And if a follow-up question was, incidentally, notwithstanding who you think will deliver this speech, what parts of this speech do you think are false? What accusations therein are gratuitous, uh, exaggerated, uh, actionable, slander, you know, defamatory? And I would say none. They're all demonstrably true. And since the backbone of American libel law is that truth is an absolute defense, you know this, right? You could say anything about anybody so long as it's true. You could say falsehoods about a public person, which is these days almost anybody, about whom you would care to declaim. That's the trick. I mean, if you're not a public person, you wouldn't be talking about the person. Public person is defined by the law. A public person is almost anyone you'd talk about. It's kind of a snake eating its tail, its own tail. But a public person, you could say anything about them, including things that are untrue. You just have to withstand, you have to defend the notion that you knew it was untrue, There was malice aforethought. You knew it was untrue when you said it or wrote it. Oh, and not only that, you also have to prove not only that you knew it was untrue, you have to know it would damage that person. And that person would have to prove damages. (laughs) In other words, you, you could say anything about anybody in America these days, but even using strict theoretical standards, say, as taught at the Harvard Law School. Everything Mitt said this morning is, to my mind, there's not a single thing in there false that he said about Trump. A lot of it was, of course, almost all of it, 99% of it was opinion. Some of it was fact. Like the list of all the Trump businesses 
that have gone out of business, that have gone bankrupt, took people's money and gone bankrupt, like Trump University. Well, man, that's a proud, honey, are you there? Can you imagine the proud moment when our children re-stepped up, well, virtually, where they stepped up on the computer in their pajamas to accept their degree from Trump University? Da-da-da-da! The trumpets sound. The horns blow. Here's my degree from Trump University. It just came in an email. You know, what Mitt Romney said this morning in his speech is 99.9% opinion, which is totally protected. You may agree or disagree with it. Fine. I may agree or disagree with it. I happen to be regretful that Mitt gave this speech, even though I think the speech was full of truth. I don't think there's a single lie in that speech. I don't even think there's anything misleading in that speech. I invite you, and I know you will. I, you know, you know the one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. You go to the head of it. You'll get on the air right now. One triple eight. 900-3393 and at J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N at J underscore Severin. Tell me a single thing in what Mitt Romney said this morning that you think if you were Donald Trump you could sue Mitt for or let's relax that standard totally. Let's just say one thing that Mitt Romney said that you think you could justifiably, reasonably, rationally complain about if you were Donald Trump. Please, tell me. That said, even though I think the contents of Mitt's speech were truthful, I believe it was, I am regretful. I think it was regrettable that he gave that speech. I don't think this is how Mitt Romney serves his legacy. And frankly, why, and this is, again, having admitted my affection and respect for Mitt Romney, and that I think what he said was true, and that I think he ought to have given the speech, why does Mitt think, People will listen to him now based on, well, you know, his political standing of the moment, based on Mitt's performance of four years ago. I mean, let's speak frankly. I'm sorry, Mitt, I'm sorry, but, you know, I mean, I think it took guts to do this this morning, and I think what you spoke was truth. But there are some times when it is probably good judgment not to speak. Imagine me lecturing someone else on that. But I, I just think there are times when it's best not to speak. And I, 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 I think that Mitt is going to, within 24 hours, be an object of ridicule. I think people are going to ignore what he said this morning. I think that Mitt Romney helped. And I think when I have a chance to speak to a few other people in politics, 
I've known for 25 years that are sagacious people. I'm pretty much expecting they're going to agree with me or I with them. I would not have advised Mitt Romney to give the speech, even if we believe its contents are true. Because, you know, Mitt is going to end up being the object of, I think, in many places, ridicule. I don't want to see that. He disappointed a lot of people with the race he ran four years ago. But he was on his way to being remembered at least as pretty much a statesman or at least very much statesman-like. And I think what bothers me the most, and it would bother you about someone that you liked, whoever it happened to be, if you, if you have a fondness and respect for them, you want them to be well-remembered. And if for them that means being thought statesman-like, that's what you want for them. That's what I want for Mitt. Someone who might have been, you know, a really fine president of the United States, but now will 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 never be. And I I, I just does Mitt think that people listen, are going to listen to him now? Does he think that the people who are for Donald Trump are going to listen to his speech this morning and say, "Well, I never thought about it this way." Mitt, you're right, of course. Donald Trump is a bastard. I'm never going to vote for him. Never. Based on what you've said this morning. He he can't think that. I just don't think he can think that. And therefore, I ask myself, well, what, what, what does he think? Does he think that he's running? Please don't tell me that people in the establishment, please don't tell me Prince, please don't tell me that the Bushes uh, et al. have convinced Mitt Romney that losing four years ago was all a, a horrible mistake and that people yearn for him. Mitt, I love you. I respect you. But people do not yearn for you, Mitt. People do not yearn for another chance at a Romney presidency vote. And if someone has convinced you, if anything other than your conscience motivated your speech against Trump this morning, then, Mitt, you have fallen into the clutches of fiends. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back, best and brightest. We are the Blaze Radio Network, and we are assembling the best team, the best analysis, the most entertaining time for you. The instant the debate ends tonight, please join us at the Blaze Radio Network. We will make you laugh, and we will make you think. Come on. Pretty good deal, right? 
uh, I've, I've, I've gotten a few, well, I've got the, the tweets are melting up the line here and uh, is as it should be. And I don't mean to suggest I don't want to hear from people who disagree. I, I, I uh, were it up to me, I, w- I would he- like to hear 99% from people who disagree. But I'd like to hear a, a disagree, a disagreeing argument rather than a cheap, disagreeable shot. You know, like one that presumes my motives are ill. Even some jerk earlier said, I see you conveniently ignored. You know, I don't need the insinuation. I don't conveniently ignore or say anything. I'm honest with you. I am honest with you, always. So, I mean, I, yeah, does that piss me off? Yeah, yeah. So, is this, is this how you get off? You want to piss off a radio host? Go ahead, send me a tweet and insult my integrity. Yeah, it pisses me off. There are many things I have. Am, am I, am I, this, my relationship with you, you know, my family is pretty much it. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I'd like to conduct this on a, on a witheringly uh, erudite level. I know that's a high ambition, but sure, I love to, I love to argue, but I don't like fighting. That's why even though Rubio offered those insults, I, I'm, I see that it worked for him. And 48 hours or so before, I had suggested that Ted Cruz go after Trump. I'm not sure if I, if, 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 if the Cruz campaign had seen that and said, okay, Jay, we're going to call you in here. You know, you, what, what, what ought we say? I don't know that I would have included insults. I'm not real comfortable with insults. I am very, very comfortable with lacerating someone with the facts or with something witty, you know, just, just destroying them, vaporizing them. Uh, but that way, but not by saying, not by talking about the size of their body parts. Well, but which, which look is different depending on what you're doing. I'm saying if you're a presidential candidate, uh, you know, I, I haven't gone a month in 20 years without mentioning the dimensions of Hillary's ass. So, I, you know, I'm the last one that can lecture on not mentioning body parts. It's just that I'm not sure... I want my presidential candidate, you know, making a a central part of his argument the dimensions of the body parts of the other candidate. I just think I wish that Mitt Romney had not given the speech he gave this morning, uh, even though I think everything he said about Trump is true. Debate tonight, then us. Join us. Seven on the Blaze Radio Network.